Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris. Well, Matt, we have a guest today. We do. And when we pulled in the driveway, you came came out doing high kicks. I did. My my hamstrings were so loose, and I just needed to use them for somebody. (laughs) And you guys were the wonderful recipients of my loose hamstrings. We're so excited about this. We've talked about this actually since we started the listen podcast. i think every other <laughs> podcast we talk about cat yes she this is our friend cat yes, yes. who we facetime during a podcast yes, recently yes and we just love her she's a loyal listener but an even more yes. loyal friend she's the that's one that's a good catchphrase yes. for you. a loyal yes. listener but an even more loyal friend <laughs> my biggest concern about being on the podcast is not being able to listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> this you might skip this one listen real quick let's let's just let's just say this right out of the gate that cat is one of our friends oh. who is a clinician she's a clinical counselor yes. So, you know, when, when, when our lives, you know, when they, when they're cracking or falling apart or or crazy things are happening, she really is always such a true voice of wisdom for sure. I think though, let's not sell either of you short. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all come in and save each other's lives at the right time. So absolutely. That's true. That's That's true. true. Okay. Because friends are friends forever. forever. Okay, good days, and they got to be quick Kay. because we got I have a fast we got one. great one, great things to cover. So my recent good day was little Fitzy Foo. He's our middle child. Love him. He has the biggest, bluest eyes you ever did see. He got sick at school, and I'm gonna say sick with air quotes because I'm not actually <laughs> sure if he was <laughs> sick. Because when I walked in the office to pick him up early from school, he jumped and went, "Daddy." And so oh, oh, even the yeah. secretary was like, huh, hmm, not but real here's what it is. It's, it, it was an hour early from school and it's one of those like holy interruptions where I just got to spend a little smidgy more time with him. Um, and you know, it's in the grand scheme of life, maybe he was faking it. I don't know. Well, Hey, listen, but, also let's just say this because I remember it. I remember it as if it was, well, not quite yesterday. Maybe like, well, you're 55. I am 55 (laughs) is there are nerves. There are stomach nerves that go along with the beginning of school, no matter what age your kids are. And, and you can get this little wave of feeling like nauseous or not good Mm -hmm. or just nervous, like a nervous feeling. And so, you know, Fitz, go for it, man. He was in the nurse at 1030. I was thinking about him all day. Then his teacher messaged us at like, two o'clock and I was like I'm calling it I'm going to get that boy you that's know great. I'm so that parent that's great that's a sweet too. a holy interruption I like that's that. right okay mine okay listen we all need these days we all need the day where we get up in the morning we get the book and all we do the only productivity we Ooh. have is reading that book all day I read all day recently all day long all day long the only time I stopped was to make myself toast I read all day day and it was glorious that was my good what day what were you reading the was end. it something has to be good oh it's a series book. it's a series and the first book is called the crown of thorns, thorns and, and roses. roses your wife your wife I think borrowed we talked about yes this recently yes too. yes i'm i'm reading the series so you know it's more than just two books Listen, folks for so. those of you who've been with us this is a long series so she's going to talk <laughs> about this for the next 10 podcasts okay <laughs> somebody said um, in my DMs on Instagram, have you read the Outlander series? I said those are books because I've only known yeah, that to books. be. Yeah, they're books. Mallory and, read those, and she's like, 
oh, the Outlander, Outlander series, series, I disappeared for days. And she said, they are so good. And, and she said, it's time travel. So, so it's kind of weird. I said, I'm reading a book about people that have wings. Yeah, no, no, so, no, no, no. That's not my like, genre. Like it's fantasy fiction. You know, it's kind of teen fiction. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be loud and proud about okay. it. I, I'm okay listen, with it. Read you some teeny bopper I, I, stuff. I love it. I love the you Twilight. You went to Taylor Swift. I, listen, I so love the Twilight series. I love the Twilight series. I loved Hunger Games. You know, back off. Okay, Kat, <laughs> you're your good day. Obey. I'm going to just tell you, I had a friend who loved the Outlander series so much that she called off of work the day that she started. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I know. It's one of my favorite memories of her. Okay, but my good day was, so I work at a school and I work with teenage boys and they just started back up. And we, one of the first assignments that a lot of them have and one of their classes is about memorization. And it always freaks everybody right out. And so I do a lot of, um, at the school, I'm not a clinical counselor, I'm an academic coach. And I do a lot of coaching for executive functioning and that type of thing. So I teach kids how to memorize things and illustrate them so they can remember them. And there was one kid in particular who just really needed a win. He's had a hard couple of years. And this is like the start of a new year. And I think what the start of the new year for a kid is also the hope of like change and that yes. this year they can get it absolutely um, off to the right start. Anyway, long story even longer, we practice this memorization piece and I'm like, I wonder if this even matters to him like that he does well. And at the end of the day, uh, he came in and he put his hand in his pocket and pulled out this piece of paper and just came over to me and silently unfolded it. And on top of the paper, it said 10 out of 10. And Aww. then he just smiled and closed it Aww. and put it in his pocket. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. That's a really good I day. love that. That's a good win. Right. How, what did you do to help him memorize? Did you, you oh. know what, my, can I tell you what my mom used to do? Yeah. We did, we had this thing called the Wana. We've talked about it on the podcast before where you had to memorize <laughs> Bible verses. Sometimes she would pick old theme song, like TV show theme songs. And it would be like, for God so loved the world that he gave yes. his only son. Yes. <laughs> Okay, multi-sensory learning. I did something similar. Look, I'm not I'm not above or below a song okay. because those work. But um, because I work with a lot of students that have um, like attention deficit or some type of neurodivergence, one of the things that people don't realize about the those types of differences are that you you can have a blindness to being able to like read and see something. Like a lot huh. of people read and they can see like a movie playing in their head oh, yeah, when they're yeah. doing something or with time, they feel, they can feel time. They know what five minutes feels like. Mm -hmm. they know. Okay. So a lot of my kids do not know that feeling yet. Plus they're teenagers. So like, <laughs> you know, okay. But that frontal lobe dough, you know, one of the best techniques for memorization is creating an illustration and you know, to, to tag onto your story, it was a Bible verse that they were trying oh, to memorize. Oh, that's cool. Yep. And so, like, if Jesus is walking on the sea, and mm -hmm. they and the you know the disciples see him and they're terrified, yeah. right? Which is the verse. They're gonna confuse the sea for water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ocean. Right. They're gonna confuse terrified for you know all these things. Anyway, if you draw an illustration and you do silly things, it doesn't. I tell them all the time, it doesn't matter if no no one else looks at the picture and understands it. It just right. matters that you. Right can see it in your head you have an illustration and it helps take off the weight of how heavy it can be to learn new material right and so when they learn the techniques and then they get good grades and they realize how smart they are and you know it's that is a good day you're like yes mm -hmm. i love that hey well we um are so ex first of all you're one of the people we've always wanted to have here and it just was mm -hmm. like serendipitous that it happened 
and it all happened because of dill a <laughs> uh, cat needed some dill she couldn't find it in cleveland she needed dill is there I a found, dill shortage I, that we I, know I, of? there's a dill shortage in cleveland i Everybody's went i pickling. found i found dill in our local Bueller's, shout out Bueller's, Bueller's, if, Bueller's you're, listening, if you're listening, um, I got dill at Bueller's, so That's so a we're big like, dill. hey, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I said, listen, if you're coming down to pick up the dill, yes. let's make a dill and have you on the podcast. Let's make a dill. <laughs> and so here we are. All right, here we are. We did so it. So we did a podcast last week yes. about being, being stuck, stuck in, in a rut. rut like what do you do when you're what do you do when you're kind so of in a I funk i think our first question you know we were we had referenced our our counselors but little did we know that the very next episode we would have a real life <laughs> clinician we say all the time we are not counselor leanne and i are not counselors but we are large proponents of it but we didn't know that we would have a clinician so my first question for you before we jump into our topic is tagging on to last week is we wanted to make some distinctions between being stuck in a rut or feeling like you're in a funk or a brain fog versus clinical depression and what that looks like. And something we talked about was one is always see a professional. So go see your clinician. Mm -hmm. I would talked about when my dad died, my um, family doctor had a list of symptoms of depression yes. and there was like a scale that he used to say like, yes, you're trending towards that, or maybe it's not yet, or it's situational or that kind of thing. So can you give us your expert opinion, because you are a clinician, on if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I feel like I've been stuck in a rut, but maybe it's depression. What are some things to look for? And I said this last week too. What are some things to look for besides I want to stay in bed all day, or I do stay in bed all day? There, are, I'm sure there are a myriad of symptoms that we could look for okay so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to jump on um, a train that is like a fast-moving train in the mental health world and that is the train of anyone who listens to reads or supports Lisa Damore mm. um, she is, you got me on to her she is unbelievable and she knows a lot about teens but just in general every time I see Lisa Damore speaking somewhere whether it's on TV or on Instagram or wherever it is I listen yeah I don't care if it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes she always has the best analogies and the mm. best metaphors and recently she's been talking about just explaining what is mental health to people and if you really step back from mental health and I you know all of the different things that you have learned are associated with that. Usually when you think about mental health, you go, uh-oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> like nobody's like, whoa! Like, you know, it's always in the framing of something hard is happening. But actually, mental health is just health. Mm. And what Lisa mm -hmm. Damore is really pushing is to help people understand that mental health is that you have the appropriate emotional reaction to the circumstance. Yes. So something awful happens, you should feel sad. You right. should be able to cry you should um need to talk about it and need help getting through it that's right, mental right. that's a healthy mental health piece and you know what she there was something i saw that she did too that was talking about kids in particular mm -hmm. that was often we try to tell our kids don't cry don't be sad about this and and sometimes if they have strong reactions we're like oh my gosh what's wrong with them but that's so healthy right that your kids are having the appropriate responses to what is happening around them. Yes. And I think sometimes so, as parents, we want to stifle it. Right. Because we're like, 
oh, no, stop crying. We don't want you to cry. Right, but right, that's... right. So, so Kat, and, and to say it another way, if I know someone who's been through something traumatic and they're not crying or they're not upset, that's, 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 a, that's telling? What a good question. This is why it's so important to like, that one size does not fit all. Like right, what right. A, and a counselor's job isn't to fix it. It's to like help you figure it out. But let, mm. I'll say this. Mental health that is healthy is that that responds to a situation with the appropriate emotion. If something wonderful happens to you, you should feel happy. Yeah. You should feel a sense of appropriate pride and confidence. All those things are the good things that come as a result of hard work or some, or even just luck mm. or blessings, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, there's a couple other things here. If you're a kid, for example, like parents often don't know what to do with their kids, but here's something that has always been a little gem that I share with people <laughs> who maybe don't have um, classic training on the brain mm. and without be, being too like boring or nerdy about neuroscience when your brain is developing the limbic system that is happening like by the time you're like between seven and nine it's fully developed mm. and in that area holds both how you behave <laughs> like the reaction that you have and emotions mm. and those develop first and fast and so when you are let's say 11 years old, and you're really ticked that you can't wear the t-shirt that you want to wear to school, that's a real reasonable reaction because you have the, the emotions have developed and the behaviors developed, but what hasn't even begun to completely develop is your frontal cortex. And that's what houses um, impulse control, mm. planning. Like if we would have put that shirt in the washer last night, oh, like gosh. daddy told you to put it in, you know. Can we just pray that that comes <laughs> earlier for my children? Jesus, so, make it real. Yeah, that <laughs> takes until they're in their late 20s. Oh, and if a kid has a developmental so difference, it takes longer than that. It can take until they're 28 or so. Um, and so that's a really important thing to understand, that the, the limbic system is doing its job when a kid is behaving mm-hmm. out of um, range with what you would do as a full-grown yeah. adult. Now, if that also is causing like maladaptedness, this is where we get kind of like, okay, what do I do when? What, Matt, you were referencing to when you saw your doctor is your doctor probably opened up the DSM-4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the DSM, or, well, now it's like, I don't know. It's seven? Like, I think it's, yeah, I think they're on their, think, are they on seven now? I, uh, I don't know. I can the look D- it up. The DSM is, the, is a diagnostic manual that um, we use to look up what you would symptoms the way that you would for anything that was going on with your health. So if you Google search things when you have like skin that looks at G or something and you're like, oh, I don't know, it could be psoriasis, could be that. The DSM, we oftentimes look up symptoms and it shows mm-hmm. you three things. It shows you the intensity, the frequency and the duration of something. And then also if it's mild, moderate or severe. And those are I'm going to say that again just slowly because I'm rambling them off like they're well, <laughs> second you, nature. This because is they like are. your second nature. Yes. But this when, might be our first. So, time <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to ask the question right, right about what's a what's a rut versus what's not. Depri- yeah. And something more serious. Like I guess a, an analogy for it would be like a rut is like a deep like think about a car stuck in the mud. Yeah. And it's you can't get out of it alone and mm-hmm. you need resources and things. It's hard. But. The difference, I think, between that and, like, depression is that you feel like you're the car. Yes. <laughs> like, you feel like you're the problem, mm. not the fact that you, there's this environment that's really hard that's or something. That's a good analogy. But I do think that, at the end of the day, re- regardless, if the if the rut is too deep, like, if the mm-hmm. intensity is too high, mm. 
if the frequency is every single day I'm mm. stuck in this thing and the duration is forever, mm. well, it doesn't really matter. You know, what You're matters like, is that you need to go get some help. Yeah. Right. And so those are the three things, though, to be paying attention to. Is this all the time? Is it high intensity? Can I not get out of it? And then mild, moderate to severe is what your doctor helps you identify. Is right. this like I, I oftentimes say with depression on like my own personal scale, to me, mild depression feels like a person can know, but no, like they could feel it, but other people don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Moderate's like we're all feeling it and we're all like, come on now, we got to do something about this. And yeah. severe is like you don't you get just go take them to help. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, so those are some things that help to, to scale it. But in, in reality, if you're really having a hard time, you should just go talk to a professional. Right, mm-hmm. right. Either way. I love, I want to revisit something you said because I think there is such a stigma. And one of the things that obviously Leanne and I are passionate about is that mental health is not this, ooh, what's wrong or what happened, that it is just part of our life, just like we take care of our body with food, just like we take care of our body with exercise I think sometimes mental health, you know, the the assertion to go mm-hmm. see a clinician, it's like something's wrong. Well, yeah, well it's like, no, I go and, see a and doctor. And there can be some shame around it. Absolutely. Like, where, where it's like, oh, bless her heart. Like, and oh, isn't that just so sad? Or so what would, some, some shame. Absolutely. And, and, and I, think, I think now more than ever, that's being removed, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But con- continue, Matt, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I love that you are saying mental health is health. It is just part of our our health and our routine. And for someone who may be experiencing shame around it or maybe part of their rut is I'm afraid to see a clinician. You know, we've talked about our experience on the um, side of being the patient Mm -hmm. or the client, but you have the experience of being the clinician. Mm -hmm. And what does that, what would you say to the person that's like, Oh my word, I can't even step, I can't darken the door. We usually say darken the door of a church, but I can't darken the door of a counselor's office. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person that's hesitant to help them make that nudge? I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I think that there's reasons that people have such a hard time getting help. Mm -hmm. I think I'd apologize Mm -hmm. for just the the pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what can make this accessible to you? Like Mm -hmm. what is necessary for you to, conceive of you choosing you Mm -hmm. you know and can you frame it that way can you frame it in your mind of this is an opportunity for me to recognize that I'm worth it to recognize that the people who I love and who love me are worth it and also I say this sometimes I used to say this a lot when I worked in higher ed um I would just say to people (laughs) if they like you gotta like kind of test the waters but be like (laughs) what what is the big deal like like, honestly when we really step back from it like what's the worst thing that can right, happen in there? Right. Like if it's really hard, you've already lived through that. Absolutely. What's the, like, and sometimes I say, can we try three? Yeah. Let's just look at it. Let's shorten it. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of stuff I do as an academic mm-hmm. coach with a really hard project. I just right. break it into chunks. So like, okay, I'm sorry. Cause that is real and it is vulnerable and that's, totally. that's real. And I'm sorry that you're, you're scared or that you feel ashamed or however you feel. Um, do you want someone to go with you or would you want mm. me to make the call with you or what would make this, you know, do you want to yeah. go out afterwards and just either talk about like your experience or, or talk yeah. about something else, you know? Right. Um, and then just conceiving of the fact that this is, this doesn't have to be forever for mm. some people it really is. And it is necessary, but for some people it's a three to eight sessions and they get some skills that they need. And then from there, their, um, person might say, 
you know, call me if you need a tune up or call me if you right. want to do, you know, if something changes. Um, but when I look at it like that, it's like I, I'm doing PT right now for a injury that I had. And like, that's what my PT says. He's like, we're going to do nine sessions. You're probably mm. going to see a significant change. And then if you need a tune up, let me know. That's great. I right? love that. I love that analogy, too. You know, for me, the biggest barrier was just time. And so the person that I see is online and that Mm. the biggest barrier that they removed for me was that I would have to get into the car. I mean, I wasn't personally, I wasn't nervous about counseling. I was really Mm. open to it, but the barrier that kept me from it for so long was just the time commitment. And so to know that I had um, the opportunity to be on my computer when everybody, everybody in my house goes to bed, they're usually at seven or eight o'clock at night. It's perfect because it's just a way for me to take care of myself and do a tune-up in a way that feels accessible to me. Okay. Next question for you, Kat. Um, so we we have all experienced big life changes. Yes. Like, and sometimes... sometimes all together. Yes. All I'm putting together, our hands in yes. like, we're the three musketeers. Yes. Um, Since we've known each other. Yes. And... and Sometimes the big life change comes because you've been in a rut and you have this overwhelming sense of like, I need to change something about my life. I'm very unhappy with my job. I, you know, there could be lots of reasons you're unhappy with your job. Maybe you don't feel like it's tapping into your, your talents and your gifts, but you, you feel like you're in a rut and you need to make a life change. Mm -hmm. What are some things that, that, that you would tell people or that you would advise or you would say like, these are some things you can do to get you closer to, or, or even these are the, the things that help you start making the steps to, to help get you there. Because there's a lot of fear around that. I know there was for me and, you know, often, especially if it's tied to finances, there's a lot of fear of like, how, how How am I going to make it? I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, how is this going to happen? So what are some things that we can do that if we, we are just like, I just don't think I can do my job another week or I, you know, or I feel like I'm stuck in this place. What are some things we can do to start moving in a different direction? I will say, I think that this is really personal for each person because mm-hmm. there are so many factors around what the rut is and right. how to get out of it. Right. But I, I know I experienced this personally and a couple of the things that worked really well for me is it's kind of the same if you're a friend and both of you were friends of mine who are I don't even feel like you were from the outside looking in I felt like you were in it with me and I felt like I was going to drive everybody around me crazy <laughs> if I didn't get out of it um but it you know it is a grieving process mm. when we talk about grief oftentimes people associate grief with death and that's why I paused when Leanne said if a person experiences something awful and they don't cry I'm like, well, oftentimes you don't cry when you're in shock. And shock is this immense gift at the beginning Mm -hmm. of a tragedy because it lets you get through some of the initial, you know, 72 hours of things that are just so wild that happens when something catches you off guard that is a tragedy. But I will say that when you are starting to change your life, you're starting to come to grips with the fact that, that, you know, you might have been wrong about Mm, something or, or that it, you're growing away from something it's just it's a change and grief isn't always about death it's just Mm. it's about grief can be what you experience as a result of a regret but I think you go through these phases that twist and turn like spaghetti you know you you have the shock but at some point you come to this this acceptance of 
this is over, you know? Yeah. And I remember having that moment for mine where I actually believed it because you might come to that moment in your mind over and over and over again in, in anger or frustration. I'm done. I'm done. I'm so done. I'm done. Yeah. And, yeah. but you don't start building the momentum that's on the other side of that statement. And I think when something really changes is when you start building momentum. Mm. It's like you can envision, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm, mo- I'm moving, but then you start putting bricks down. Yeah. And yeah. I remember standing on Leanne's porch and just a single tear. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking about that made me think, okay, it's time. And I looked at her and I just said, it's time. Yeah. And, I, and, and then the planning came. And that the planning was building the momentum. And the first thing I had to figure out is, I still have to be able to take care of myself. That right. would be my biggest fear is that I can't take care of myself. So I need to be able to take care of myself. So I did a financial plan and I did a plan around not, I can't leave this situation if I don't have another situation figured out. It was just what will keep me safe and able to take care of myself right. and move me towards what is now for me um, for the next six months. I plan for six months. And y'all, this is the funniest. <laughs> when I think back on this, it's just the most... I went to Costco (laughs) and I bought every toiletry that I thought I would need for a year just in case. I was like, you can't. Like while the paycheck was still coming in. You can't not have toilet paper. COVID's over. That's so funny. You know, and I know COVID's not over. So I hope you don't get nuts with that. I know COVID is still real. But you know, when we had the great toilet paper loss. So there were just all these things, some rational, some not rational. But the reality is, is you need to start building momentum. And one one part of my plan for that was I got a counselor. After we had that conversation, I called a counselor and I said, you know, I'm going through this um, transition and I am not, I I can't, I'm not going to make it unless I've got a thought partner in it. That's not someone who I love deeply. Right. I just need a specialized person that I can talk to about how hard this is for me and, and to keep me on the road. And uh, that was the best decision I made was having a counselor for that period of time. It was like four months or something. She she was incredible. That's Shout out so to Marsha. Awesome. Love you, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's somebody that's that's in that position and they're like, I know I need to make a change. I'm ready to start laying some bricks. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person that feels like they don't have any options? Because we know that's a lie. So what would you say to the person that's like, I literally have no options. I have to stay in this job. I have to stay in this marriage. I have to stay in X, Y, and Z. What would you say to that person that feels like they are so backed into a corner that they can do nothing, that they're paralyzed? Okay, I'm going to say this. Mm, This is very tricky because it's there's a lot of intersections Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of realities. I was looking up some myths about education today for a whole different thing at work. And one of the myths that I came across is that teachers are the number one thing that changes a student's trajectory. Yeah. But it's actually not. It's socioeconomic status. Mm. And when I talk to people about them making their life change, the thing that they are always thinking about is how will I be financially stable? Right. 
I've never talked to a person who's had this big of a struggle about making a life change if they're able to sustain themselves right. financially. Right. right. And so, and people don't, for some reason, there's weird stuff about money. I will tell you, I, for me, my number was $20,000. I thought if I can save $20,000, I had never in my life been able to save that amount of money. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And the only reason I could was because it was during COVID that I was saving. So it wasn't going anywhere. And, and that, right. and that, you know, that takes a period of time for anybody. And so that piece, I never want to downplay a person's stuck mm, because mm -hmm. the variables are so different. If you're a mom, if you're a single mom with three kids that you're putting through school right? and you've got anybody who has kids knows what goes into that and all the unexpected. So you never know what's happening with their bodies. Right. There's always something happening with the house and there's always something happening with the car. And that is a Girl, real thing. Girl, you know. Mm -hmm. you, it's like you read my mail. Well, because it's because it's all of our it's mail. So true. It's, Go ahead. And imagine doing that as a single mother. Absolutely. Not having uh, not having a helpmate or a partner, mm -hmm. and you're by yourself working full time with three kids, trying to keep everybody clothed, fed, to the doctor. All of that. That's right. Yeah. And you're also trying to do the little things like know that there's a field trip day mm -hmm. or know that today is wear your blue shirt day. Like all oh, those gosh. things are I'm so, so bad at those. <laughs> so when it comes to that, oftentimes the other piece that like is real about being in a situation that you want out of is that you're so tired. It is a full time job mm -hmm. to get out of being stuck. So the first thing that I would say is like, all right, like we need a team like who yeah. do you have and and i also you know i understand that some people's teams it just uh, it, i don't downplay a person stuck i will right, say that right. but i do believe that there's always a way to see what is available to you that you haven't seen before yeah. and that requires that's good, resources that's a really good word see what's available to you that you haven't seen before mm -hmm. and that means uh, because a lot of times sometimes this stuff is so personal that it's hard to talk about but I, my question would be if i was doing this as a clinician i would say let's talk resources mm -hmm. i would pull i would get out my phone and i'd i'd reach out to my top social workers mm -hmm. and my social worker network i'm going to tell you right now social workers a good social worker holy moly the way that they answer a question and the way the normal person in this like world mm -hmm. answers a question there's there's no measure a good yeah. social worker can really help you see what you don't know exists in your community and also grants and also um, things for your kids because God knows you want to provide for your kids. Absolutely. There's, there are things that will help take the edge off um, and the timeline might have to just take a little bit longer. Kat, where do you find those things? Like if, if you don't know a social worker or you don't know a nonprofit or, or like where do you, where do you, where do you start? Where do you find those things? I know the United Way is and the Salvation Army are two resources, but what are some where are some resources that you can Google or look at right away? Well, I would check out, I mean, you've got your local libraries, you've got your local YMCAs, you've got your local like, um, like boards of education. Okay. There are also numbers like 411 that, you yeah. know, there's certain numbers that you should call if you're in a crisis versus I'm just looking to see what's out there. Right, An example right. though, this summer, one that I was like, this is unbelievable. There were grants for families that were meeting a certain income mm -hmm. to have $500 per child for any summer activity. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. If you're a mom of three, that's $1,500 for your kids to be able to do a camp. Yeah. Who do you call? What? I mean, it's an application that you fill out. Yeah. yeah. So there's there are a lot of these types of things. But if I'm working with a person and I want to see whether or not they're qualified, I will reach out to family. Uh, like, uh, here's another myth. Like, 
Children services, family mm-hmm. and children's services is not just to come because there's bad news. Right. They also provide a lot of information right. about good. good news and things that can support families um, and, and provide some help if it's financial. But I really, I think that that is the biggest barrier to feeling um, unstuck in terms of getting into a new space. Right. I, then I think there's a lot of work that happens inside your head. Right. Because you've just been living somewhere where you have been like suck sucked down right you know and so you want to get back up what i'm hearing you say is like align your resources like find your resources they could be people they could be finances getting your resources together Mm -hmm. is a great first step but it doesn't have to just be money well and it it shouldn't it's people it's create that network and that community around you well and it shouldn't you like doing it alone is not going to happen right like it's just not going to work you you have to use resources right that's good. That's a good word. Um, you were talking about <clears throat> resources. You were talking about making a change. What do you think it is that holds us back beside, like mentally from making changes in our life, big changes? What do you think that holds us back? Because I think, you know, finances is for sure a very tangible thing that holds us back. But what is it that you think where we get stuck in our head, where we feel like we, we can't make a big life shift? I was just reading an article about this, like some research about why people will continue to do the same thing that they know gives bad results. Yeah, yeah. And it's so sad because it's so, um, it's just because you can predict it. Right. <laughs> and the comfort in being able to predict a bad result yeah. versus the unknown and the anxiety that comes with the unknown. Yeah, yeah. That is why I, I was thinking about this on my way here. And I was like, I think one of my major takeaways from my own personal shift was that before I realized how... To me, peace feels luxurious. I feel mm. very rich now because I feel mm. like I have peace. I'm not rich. I'm a teacher, you know, <laughs> but I feel like I live this life of luxury because I live a life that is full of peace. Yeah. And that came first with risk. Yeah. And I wondered, yeah. I wonder if everyone who's Same. experienced this type of peace first felt like they were taking a huge risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's really Same. good. Same. Not only did I feel like I was taking a huge risk, but there was a lot of hurt and anguish and, you know, boundaries and therapy and so much stuff that was really hard. I think that was part of the my avoidance was mm. I knew what was waiting for me. I knew the hard work I had to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just felt very overwhelming. It felt like... How am I going to do it? Right. I mean, do I have the stamina yeah, to do where it? where do you start? Like, yeah. and, and also hurt. You know, yeah. nobody wants to face something they know is going to be really painful. Right, right. But the pain of staying in the same place had become greater. Right. So I had to just be brave. I think I was afraid. And, you know, the more steps I made toward being brave, the more that piece that you're talking about just flooded my life. Yeah. And I would have never, I probably wouldn't believe you if I would not have experienced yeah. it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember the first time a counselor told me a, a boundary I needed to put in place. And I said, I don't think you realize what you're asking me to do. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm asking yeah, you to do. Yeah. And I just, but I knew it was going to be really hard. So right. I think just just the toughness of what you have to maybe those tough choices that you have to make that you kind of know are waiting for you Right. that it just takes a lot of chutzpah and a lot of just strength and a lot of courage 
to do it. But I, I promise you that, that, that piece it happened and it's real. Totally. Yeah. That's good. Hey Kat, we, we are ready to wrap up, but if you, do you have any parting shots that you're like, Ooh, as we talk about big life change, I'm, I want to make sure I, I say this and speak into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to quote our friend, Emily Cadlick, who's also a clinician and a dear friend. Um, she used to say this and to, to kind of reference what Leanne was experiencing when you are, um, thinking about making a change oftentimes like we just said like the reason why you don't do it is because it's not predictable that's also because the things that you make up in your head of what are going to happen are often catastrophizing chaotic get do an exercise where you give the same amount of time to to factoring in that it could be the best decision that you ever make for your life that's good and all of the possibilities of good that could come from it that you are doing giving energy and time to the the chaos and the crisis that could come from it that's so good that's such a good word well kat thanks so much yes we're so glad listen we always have so much fun when you're around. We do. We do. You're the smartest person you, I know in real we, life. We, we, we have so much fun. And listen, we it never fails that we usually make the trek down to Amish country. Uh, the Amish. We usually go we usually go down into um the guts of Amish country. People say the heart of Amish country. I'm always like, no, wow. we go to the guts That's of Amish where the good country. Stuff is. And, you know, we, we've talked about Walnut Creek Foods in the past and their brand and who they are and they're part of this podcast and we are so thankful. But they also have a retail store called Walnut Creek Cheese and, yes. and or it, we go there. Uh, every time you come to town, we go there. And uh, you just have to say, just just tell us like two of your favorite things from there. Okay. These are a few So I like. <laughs> I'll do the background music. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, but I like the background music. So, okay, I like going down the aisle that has very fun types of things that you would put on top of ice cream because okay. I'm an auntie, and that makes my life so fun when I can show yeah. Lehman Josie different sprinkles or toppings. I feel like I just made magic happen. Totally. So I love that. I love the section that you. What's the section that's off to the side that has all the different fun kitchen gadgets? Oh yeah. The it's the kitchen wares, but the. I, the butter churn it's the kitchenware's part of the store i love i love that part yeah. of the okay. store you can it's find just, any gadget there it's the best and i found the best herb i don't it's an herb extractor yeah, it's this yeah, little yeah, gadget yeah. which is wonderful yeah. because you know how i'm i'm in yeah. there i'm in you there are. with those herbs and then my last favorite thing is <laughs> wow <laughs> is any any of the items that are like the bulk kind of like oh, flowers and things yes. that you can buy yes, 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 love yes, it too yes yes, yes. Well, hey, thanks again so much for joining us in this conversation about life shifts. And it's so great to have an expert in the house. Loved it. Hey, well, here's what we need to say every time. Whether ordinary or extraordinary, we hope you see that these These are are good good days. days. This episode brought to you by Wanna Creek Foods.